Hi, Moonies. Welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Carissa Robinson. She's a literary agent for Nelson Literary Agency, a Slytherin who slays in fashion, and of course, a Sailor Moon fan. So thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? Good. No problem. It's the afternoon and the sun is shining in my eyes. Oh. It's nice. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so what was the, your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Um, so I grew up without cable television. Um, and so the only way I could really watch TV is, you know, the kind of channels that were available through the antenna. Um, very old school. Um, and so I think that might be about like 10 or 12 channels. And I think it was before it was the UPN. And now it's like CW now. It's been so many different iterations. Mm-hmm. But it would come on, I think, just right after school got out. Um, and I was either at the tail end of middle school or the beginning of high school. Um, but I saw it and it was just a very interesting show. It had all the things that I liked, um, girl friendships, romance, um, and Serena was like super awkward. And so that I totally related to that because I'm still super awkward, but I was very awkward then too. Yeah, same. (laughs) So... You're talking like limited channels. So I'm guessing you were like a PBS kid as well. Yes. I grew up on PBS because um, they can tell I was like in high school. My mom thought that anything with any kind of mild sexual content was something I shouldn't see, including soap operas. So if I was home from school or I didn't go to church, I had to watch PBS. Mm. So yes, very much a PBS kid. Yeah. I love PBS though. It was good. Yeah, it was great. But anyway, um, so Sailor Moon, so you're watching it. How are you feeling? Like, what were you thinking when you first saw it? Um, I thought it was cool. I thought the transformations were great. Um, I love the music. Um, I had never really seen anime before that, I don't think. Um, I mean, it was also around the time of, like, Power Rangers and Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. Um, so it was, like, my first intro to anime as well and I, I didn't, knew, didn't know it was called anime at the time um, but it was just like something that felt different from the other cartoons that I was watching um, felt a little bit more grown up and more made for me at that age that I was at um, so it was just really easy to get caught up in the saga that was happening every week yeah that's a good way of putting it I think that might have been it for me too actually just like it was it had like this serial like every episode was a new story or it added on to the story rather than like most cartoons are like very the you know the story is over and within the episode yes yeah that's a good point um did you have a favorite Sailor scout you wanted to be i mean i'm usagi all the way <laughs> yeah same um so what did that mean for you to like see someone who you've resonated with so much or what does Sailor Moon mean to you? Um I guess for me at that time when you're growing into the person you're supposed to be, your independence, and it's a really tough time for girls, especially around um going from like being a girl to being a woman. Mm-hmm. It's such an awkward phase trying to understand your sexuality, your attractiveness, like what it means to be a woman, what femininity is to you. And 
it was nice to see the variety of ways it was represented in the different Sailor Scouts. They weren't all the same. Like, um, like each scout had their like kind of own way of approaching what it meant for them to be a teenage girl. And I like being able to see that there was a variety of things that I could relate to and that there was specifically in Usagi, someone who I saw myself in and potentially would be the kind of woman I would eventually grow up into. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Did you have any episodes that like stood out for you? Um, or a moment? I guess the season where Chibi Usa showed up was like mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Um, because I didn't have cable, like it was the time before DVR, so if you missed an episode, you missed an episode. Um, so a lot of the full storylines I didn't actually get to see until I rewatched it as an adult. Um, but the whole Chibi Usa kind of storyline of Crystal Tokyo, Neo Crystal Tokyo, and um, her coming back from the future and like not recognizing her mom, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, turning into um, what's it called? Uh, forget oh black lady yeah black lady mm-hmm. like i loved it when she like i don't know why they aged her up but they aged her up and made her evil and black lady and that was awesome and i thought it was really cool yeah that's one of my favorite seasons too i actually got the um the black moon clan t-shirt from hot topic because it just looks so cool yes it's like wise man is one of the dopest villains ever <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool yeah um, so I saw that you also love Harry Potter. Yes, I do. And you are a proud Slytherin. I am. <laughs> so when did you figure out you were Slytherin? Um, I think it was pretty immediate. Um, I found the Gryffindors a little obnoxious. Mm-hmm. I've taken the tests and I have like a mild amount of Gryffindor in me. And I mean, obviously Gryffindor and Slytherin kind of overlap a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a tiny smidgen of Ravenclaw and like barely a drop of a Pufflepuff in me. So I'm pretty much like 90% Slytherin. Um, it's just, it just aligned with me more. Um, and I still think that uh, the way it's sort of written is very two-dimensional. Like Slytherin is only the evil house. But I think it's a little bit more complex than that, that they're ambitious, um, they're driven, they're cunning, um, they like winning, and they're very competitive, and that's all the things I am. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, do you, I saw on your Twitter bio that you say you speak parcel tongue when you're angry. Is that <laughs> actually true? No, but I probably <laughs> should try to learn. That would be pretty cool. I feel like that would scare anybody. <laughs> Like, what is going on? <laughs> so, you're a big Harry Potter fan. You're a big Sailor Moon fan. Has that ever come up with any of your friendships? Like, has anyone ever said, like, like you you met someone and they were a Sailor Moon fan and you're like, oh, we're best friends now. We're like Harry Potter. I don't think so. I mean, a lot of my friends um, are from high school. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm still friends with them from high school. Um, and we all had our different interests. I don't think anybody else was into Sailor Moon. I think 
had one friend who was really into the Power Rangers at that time. Um, a lot of friends were into Sanrio. Um, so it was like everybody had their thing. So it wasn't really necessarily like you all shared the same thing. Um, and then obviously we grew up and some of those things kind of aren't as popular anymore. Um, and Harry Potter, I was like an adult when Harry Potter came out. So it's also kind of a different approach for me to that fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, but so me and my friends are just nerds in general that we all kind of overlap in many different fandoms that it's just we relate to each other as giant nerds. Makes sense. Yeah. I think that's largely it for me too because it's kind of hard to find other Sailor Moon fans sometimes but it's easier to find anime fans. Yeah. I feel like so many of my clients are, are Sailor Moon fans and maybe that's how they end up gravitating towards me. Um, yeah. And a lot of black women I found are Sailor Moon fans, which I find very fascinating. I noticed that too. I was going to ask you about that too, because I, I noticed a lot of black women are Sailor Moon fans, and also a lot of black women authors are Sailor Moon fans, like Morgan Jerkins, Rosanna Brown, like there's a few more I've come across. Um, Ella McKinney was on this show. Um, yeah. Even um, Tochi Onyebuchi? Mm hmm. He's a Sailor Moon fan, so like, have you? So you've come across a few who are Sailor Moon fans in publishing. Yes, that's so cool. I feel like, like so many editors also that I I interact with are Sailor Moon fans, as well. I have an agent fan who's also a Sailor Moon fan, hmm. um, friend, um, who's also a Sailor Moon fan, and um, it's something like we were friends already, but it's something random like I tweeted about that made her realize that we both like Sailor Moon a lot. So um, it doesn't always come up in conversation, but I think because of social media and how much um, people say and follow each other and stuff like that, that it's kind of more easier to find fandoms and find people you know who like things that you like who might not have said it in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Would you ever like go to a, a Sailor Moon meetup for people in publishing, I guess for authors and editors and literary agents yeah definitely (laughs) i feel like that should happen like the more i'm doing this podcast the more i find that there are a lot of people in publishing that are sailor moon fans and i I think there's some good overlap there yes there's a lot of overlap (laughs) so so you're a literary agent um can you explain a little bit like what that means and like what's your day-to-day life look like when it's not coronavirus (laughs) (laughs) Um, so a literary agent is, um, a person who represents the best interests of their clients who usually are writers, novel writers. Um, and so they often have multiple clients that they're working for. Um, they're sort of the mediator between the client and, um, whoever, um, decides to work with them. So publishing companies. Typically, um, sometimes um, corporations, like if they do licensing projects, um, like something like a Disney property or Star Wars or something like that. Um, And we negotiate their pay and and other things on their behalf. Um, So they don't necessarily have to worry too much about that because we're we're the experts in and what are standards and, and what are the best things for each clause in a contract that we should strive for. 
Um, in a typical day to day, um, I don't, I don't really have a typical day to day. I mean, a lot of people ask me about that, but it really like any day that I have a plan of what I'm going to do and a checklist, like none of those things ever happen because so many other things pop up. Um, a good chunk of my day is email. So it's checking and responding to emails. Um, it's a lot of phone calls to editors and contract people, um, sometimes clients or potential clients. Um, I'm an editorial agent, which means I uh, do editorial development edits with my clients before we go out on submission. Um, so there's a lot of editing in my life. I'm working on two projects right now that I'm trying to get ready for submission. Um, there's a lot of reading. Um, we have to read our query pile, but there's also the full manuscripts we've requested that we also have to read. Um, so we're trying to figure, fit that all into the stuff that you have to be doing for your clients. Um, don't have as many meetings, but we do have a weekly meeting where we talk about um, with the, my fellow agents where we talk about anything we want to represent or, or submissions, things that are out in sub, progress for those, if we're getting ready to go out of sub, if, if our list makes sense, um, if anything has happened that we've heard about with a publishing house or an imprint or an editor, um, things like that. I'm sure there's tons of other stuff that I do that I probably am forgetting as well. Yeah. No, I find that to be the case with a lot of jobs. It's like, I've listed a bunch of things. There's probably like a million other things I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how did you become a literary agent? Um, well, I started off as an editor first. I was on um, the editorial side for about three years, and it is a very long process to move up, um, depending on, like, luck and just hard work and perseverance. Um, you could, like, your boss could leave and you could be promoted, or, you know, you could stay under your boss for forever. Um, and so I got tired of being an assistant and decided that I would have more say over my list and that it probably would fit my personality better to become an agent. And so I decided to quit my job as an, edit, um, an assistant editor and then move over to the agenting side. That makes sense. And now that you are one, so what's, what would you say the funnest part of being your job is and the hardest part? Um, I mean, the funnest part is always presenting an offer to a client. Um, mm. I've done a couple of those this week or this month, um, even with the craziness that is going on. Yeah. Um, and it's just like that even for clients who've already had um, publishing deals to get a new one, they are just as excited. Um, so that's great. The hardest part are the rejections, whether it's a rejection from a potential new client or a rejection from an editor for a client's project. Um, it's just can be very disappointing um, because you know that with a project that you missed out on, that you would have been a great you know, advocate for that person. Um, and it can be tough when you see it sell. Um, and for your own clients, you obviously want all of their books to sell and you want them to have careers and so when it isn't necessarily the first book that you go out on sub with um and the passes keep coming in it can feel very discouraging and you have to kind of be the person to uplift them and help them keep going 
Hmm. That makes sense. Um, so you have some books, though, that you sold coming out. You. Which ones are you excited, or I guess probably excited about all of them. <laughs> so <laughs> which ones do you have coming out? And what are you excited about them coming out for? Um, so you mentioned Roseanne. Um, Rosie, mm-hmm. she, her book is coming out in June. It's her debut. Um, it's Lots of Fantasy. Um, really excited for that. The paperback mm-hmm. of Slay should be coming out as well in June. Um, nice. And um, I have an adult client who um, has the second book in their space opera series that's coming out in September. Um, so that's pretty exciting as well. Um, and there's stuff that's coming out next year that some of it hasn't been announced yet. Um, but the second book for Rosie will be coming out. It's her series is duology. Um, and the, um, sophomore book for my client, Brittany Moore should be coming out next year as well. Um, so people should stay tuned for more announcements about that. Um, and some other secret things that I can't talk about are coming out as well. <laughs> so secret things. So secret things. <laughs> um, that's actually how I found you through um, Brittany Morris's Slay. I looked through her, um, you know, thank you and acknowledgments. And I was like, oh, let me check this out on this literary agency. And, you know, went down a rabbit hole and. And I was like, oh, there's this literary agent who's a Sailor Moon fan. <laughs> yeah. And then, so Rosie's book, I know, is called A Song of Wraith and Ruin. Yes, Ra- Song of Wraiths and Ruin. Wraiths and Ruin. And then um, what about the um, adult space opera? Um, so the first book in the series is called Chilling Effect. And mm. the book that's coming out um, this fall is called Prime Deceptions. Ooh, that sounds awesome. And can you give us a little bit about what each are about? Um, sure. So, um, Rosie's duology is um, about uh, two teens, kind of at different ends of, of socioeconomic status. One is Malik, who's like a refugee. He's coming into um, the capital city to kind of get away from the turmoil that's happening in his um, home. And um, Karina, who's the crown princess, who seemingly seems spoiled and um, kind of rebellious, um, but it's sort of masking soft center. Um, And each of them needs to kill each other to save their family members. Um, So it's kind of like a very um, fast paced kind of action, but magic and West African mythology and a little bit of romance mm-hmm. and some stabbiness going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Valerie Valdez, who is the adult client, um, her books are about um, a crew um, of a spaceship called La Serena Negra. Um, and their captain, um, Ava Innocente, um, is what I call a like competent fuck up um, <laughs> she's like really good at her job but she also ends up getting herself into situations that she shouldn't be in constantly um, and so it's kind of just like her adventures um, you know with her family who are also getting her in trouble and her crew and a little bit of romance as well um, it's like a little bit of mass effect um, meets uh, um 
a long way from I forgot the name of that book. A long way from something planet. Long way from home? No. Um. Let me look it away. Uh, Who's the author? Um. The mm. author is. Okay. Long way from Chicago by Richard Peck. Um, a long way to a small angry planet, Becky Chambers. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. mouthful, so I always forget like half of the title. <laughs> but it's know. very kind of light and fun, but also has some serious undertones in there as well. Cool. And Brittany Morris's um, second novel is. Is there any information on that out yet, or no? No, I can't really talk about that. When... Got it. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't sure, so but I was like, gotta ask. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's a cover, there's a title, there's a manuscript, but I can't talk about any of that right now. No problem at all. I understand. It's good. Secrets. Secret, and the, secret, the, secret, the secret. cover is amazing. <sighs> I can tell you that. I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, the cover for Slay was amazing, so I can only imagine. I mean, there's been so ama- many amazing covers. I feel like I've been very lucky to get, like, all my client covers are amazing. Like, I don't have any that I hate. Yeah. A Songs of Rates and Ruin looks, like, amazing. Like, I want to buy it just for the cover and the map and the story sounds amazing, too. <laughs> but It's, it's gorgeous and I can't wait till I actually have a finished copy in my hand because all mm-hmm. I have are galleys at the moment. But there's yeah. probably going to be some fancy stuff on the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might be embossing or maybe foil or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, so back to, I guess, not necessarily Sailor Moon, but you mentioned that like Sailor Moon was like the first anime you've watched. Have you gone, like, watched other anime or read any other manga? Um, I mo- mostly um, watch anime. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember any titles, but um, there was one that I was watching. Um, about um, people who turned into like giant people. Um, oh, was it Attack on Titan? Yeah, Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, I watched that, but I also watched the live action, which was surprisingly great. Oh, yeah. um, what I've been watching recently is Castlevania, which is sort of anime ish. Yeah, that def- I think that counts. And I, re- I really like Castlevania a lot. Um, um, Avatar, which is sort of anime-ish, mm-hmm. um, and the spin-off Korra, watching that, um, watching The Dragon Prince, Oh yeah, which I really like as well. Um, there's another one, um, like Saint Seiya, um, not the old one, but there's a new one on, on Amazon. I heard about that. Yeah, um, it's like the knights of like Athena or something like that mm-hmm. um it's really cool and um it's nice of the zodiac um and there's another one that's sort of like um it's I think it's called like Animagus Bride and it's sort of like Beauty and the Beast um oh yeah I know what you're talking about um yeah yeah, that one was cool. Yeah, I, I saw the first few episodes and I told myself I was going to keep up with it and then I did it. 
Yeah, I think I've watched about five. I have to go back to it. I just get distracted by other shows and work. So I'm always watching multiple series at the same time. Same. Yeah, I was talking to my friend the other day and just like, there's just so much between books and TV shows and, you know, anime, K-dramas, American shows and video games and then work on top of that. It's a lot to keep up with. Yes. I think it's the Ancient Magus Bride. Yes, yes, that's yes. Awesome. Thank God for Google. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have such bad memory. <laughs> yes, I never remember titles. Me neither. It's so bad. And I'm like, I promise I'm a fan. I just don't remember. <laughs> so, uh, so on top of talking about like media, like, is there anything you're currently reading or any books that you're not representing that you're excited about coming out? Excited about coming out? Mm, not this year. I think I'm just am still sort of stuck in 2019 a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. 2020 has been so weird so far. True. Um, and so I've kind of a, a reading list now of like a lot of the kind of books that came out in the last couple of years, but especially last year that I'm trying to read. Um, so I've been reading The Grace Year. Um, and Merciful Crow and The Queens of Innislaer. Um, Mm -hmm. And those are all like, I'm either close to finish on all three. I read multiple books at once, which is from being a lit major, like it's something I'm used to doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And Hazelwood, I have that on my list because I know the the sequel came out last year. So I wanna, or this year, one one of these years. Um, so I want to kind of catch up on that story as well. Um, I think that's, that's mainly mm-hmm. it. Um, those like are the, the top of mind for me. You mentioned like reading multiple books at a time. I do it sometimes too. Do you ever accidentally blend storylines? No. Oh, yeah. No, I think, um, I think, yeah, because I was a, a lit major for, mm-hmm for undergrad and I literally would like load up every and it was on the quarter system so it was like every like I think we were like every 10 to 13 weeks or something was a, a quarter and you were switching classes um so I had like three lit classes a quarter sometimes and so it's like three different classes with three different theories happening and three different texts and so right. like I have I learned how to like compartmentalize and keep it all separate yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah it's always an interesting thing for me because i'll read like three books and then i'll find like some similarity and i'm like wait was this this character's backstory or was this this character's backstory (laughs) it's yeah it's a it's a weird place to be in but it's kind of fun sometimes because you'll find like similar themes between them and i don't know yeah yeah. but kudos to you because that's an awesome talent to have or to have developed hmm? and it probably helps with my job since I have to do multiple things at once right that too that makes sense so yeah you just really like trained for this <laughs> in a way um so other thing I noticed between some photos I saw of you is that you always like where you well of the photos I've seen you always have like really brightly colored hair and like lipstick 
So like what's been some of your favorite colors or brands for lipsticks or for hair colors? Um, there's this um, website called um, I Kick Shins. Um, it's where I get my braiding hair from. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing up, like there wasn't as much variety of things like this for dark skin girls. Um, it was like the idea of wearing brightly colored lipsticks and drawing attention to yourself. It's like mm-hmm. they didn't even really make lipsticks that would match darker skin tones. Um, so it always felt like you had to like wear neutral stuff and browns or whatever to match your skin. Um, so when I realized that, hey, all these colored lipsticks actually look pretty good on me, I just started buying them up. Um, and I love Makeup Forever. They, most of my mm-hmm. lipsticks are Makeup Forever. Um, I love ColourPop. Um, there's um, NYX that has this um, this liquid lipstick that dries matte that I really love with a bunch of colors from. Mm-hmm. Um, and with I Kick Shins, they have braiding hair that comes in a lot of different colors. Um, so that's where I get all my colored braiding hair from. So I've had rainbow colored braids, which I think mm-hmm. still my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I've had like light pink twists and light blue twists and green twists. Um, and so I'm always looking for what is the next color I'm going to do. And I don't mm-hmm. know yet, but um, <laughs> that'll be where I get it from. How do you decide on your the color you want? For this? Um, sometimes I ask my partner. Last time I asked Twitter, and mm-hmm. I probably will go with the one that they suggested. It was sort of a tie, though, between um, a couple of colors that were multiple colors with the sort of ombre thing going on, a bunch of blues mm-hmm. and purples in it. Um, and I also wanted to do, like, maybe white or gray. Um so it's kind of it's like an impulse buy. So we see like when I'm on the website, what ends up in my cart. So mm. yeah, yeah. I think Instagram can be an inspiration for me sometimes too. Like picking hairstyles. I'm like, oh, this looks nice. I like save it for later, bookmark it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and you mentioned ColourPop. Did were you able to snag the Sailor Moon collection? No, I'm so mad about that. Yeah, it was like yeah. gone instantly. It was. It was crazy. Like, it was really intense. It feels like they didn't understand, like, Mm -hmm. how epic, like, Sailor Moon fans are. Like, they should have gotten twice as much as they got. Yeah. Yeah, they were not prepared for the amount of people who love Sailor Moon (laughs) and want Sailor Moon products. Yeah. Oh, and so, didn't, didn't get the ColourPop, sadly. Is there any other item you've purchased um, from Sailor Moon or from Harry Potter or another fandom that you're like super proud of? Oh my god, I feel like it's gonna be like I got like a most of my fandom stuff is Sailor Moon. I do have mm-hmm. um, like a Star Star Wars lightsaber. I have a red one because I also identify with the Sith. <laughs> um, so I have a red lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I have an elder wand that I got from the Harry Potter studio in London. Um, mm. but I have so much Sailor Moon stuff. Um, I got a Sailor Moon um, Sailor Scout wall calendar this year. I have a bunch of framed art um, in my house from um, uh, Jen Bartel. Oh, yeah. 
um, so many nice things. I actually have the um, Black Lady one, which is great. Nice. Um, but also like modern, the modern one with all the Sailor Scouts um, mm. sitting down in it. Um, I also have um, a Sailor Moon Monopoly set, which was ridiculous because I already had a Monopoly set. <laughs> um, so I bought it just because it was Sailor Moon. Um, we don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> I almost bought it too, and I don't even like Monopoly. So I, mean, I play Monopoly like maybe once every two years, but it's really mm-hmm. pretty. Yeah. It was really pretty. I have Sailor Moon and Luna Fun Prop. Um, I have the Chalice, um, Chibi Usa's Wand, and the Sailor Moon Heart Compact that plays like lights and the transformation music. Mm. Um, I got a gift of the Sailor Moon Compact necklace that I wear all the time. Um, I have a Sailor Moon throw pillow. It's a black Sailor Moon, and she has like Afro puff meatballs. Oh, is that from Adorned by G? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I got like a Sailor Moon manicure last year, so. Nice. Where'd you get that? Um, there's this place, um, here, um, art something, um, that does like custom designed art for you. And so I was like, give me Sailor Moon. And Ooh. they came up with something. It was really awesome. They like actually made the compact on one of my nails. That's amazing. Yeah. Is it Art Nail NYC? Yes. Yeah, I told you I don't know any names. Yeah, no, I Google everything. <laughs> Literally just like, I've been in Art Nail NYC, and it was Art Nail NYC. I was like, oh, cool, that's easy. I think I posted pictures on Twitter, so. Ooh, okay, so I'll look for that. Yeah, I've been wanting to do that. I actually just found out that there's a Sailor Moon um, nail salon, themed nail salon in Queens. <gasps> yeah, so I really want to check that out once quarantine is over. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, I have to go now. Yeah, me too. There's like a big like Sailor Moon mural, and I'm guessing the owner is um, a Sailor Moon fan, but it's called Sailor Moon Nail and Spa, and it's in Flushing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to make yep. an appointment immediately. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you, you have all the stuff, and that is so cool, and I'm jealous of half of it. <laughs> um and so back to a little bit about publishing do you have any advice for someone who wants to get into publishing or through either if they want to be a literary agent or again it's publishing or if they want to send you a query letter and like what like what captures your eye i guess Hmm. Mm -hmm. um getting into publishing if you're talking about like working for a publisher in an agency um it's just being determined and being good at networking Mm -hmm. um it's very hard to get a foot in the door but once you get in um it kind of is sort of an apprentice model so you have to work under someone for a number of years and learn what they do before you can go off and do it on your own but it does take a long time so you have to be pretty determined if you really want to work in publishing um the same is true of being a published author if you're going the traditional route um, most people don't get an agent from the first manuscript they query. Most people don't get a publisher from the first manuscript that their agent sends out on submission. Um, it's a process. It could be the fifth manuscript that goes out on sub, or it could be the fifth manuscript that you query. So you can't really give up um, if, it, if traditional publishing is the route you want to go. Um, in terms of query letters, I mean, just well-written, I think it's standard. 
I like brevity a lot because there's so many of them that I want to be able to quickly scan to get the gist of what the book is about so I can like know whether or not I have any kind of mount interest. Um, and then um, really strong manuscript because I asked for sample pages, the first 10 pages. Um, and if I get the full manuscript from that and like pages 11 through whatever aren't that great, then, you know, you've sort of wasted a chance. Um, so make sure not just the first part of the book is good, but the whole book. Um, so that's really important, like working on your craft. Um, I don't really have any particular things I'm looking for right now in terms of content. Um, I really am looking for middle grade right now. Um, I'm also looking for adult science fiction and fantasy right now. Um, I do get a lot of YA, and I'm not saying to stop sending me YA, but like a lot of my clients are YA authors. I'm getting a lot of YA in my inbox. Um, so just be cautious that um, if you do send me YA that I'm being a lot more particular with what I'm asking to see um, and what I'm adding to my list. Cool. Yeah, I think. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> Hopefully it's informative to any Mooney listening. And so just like Sarah Moon at the end of every episode, she had the Sailor Moon says PSA. Um, what would be your PSA? So like Sailor Carissa says. Um, Sailor Carissa says, let the haters hate. Your opinion of yourself is the only one that matters. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> let the haters hate. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. Um, and if people want to find you, where can they find you? I am on Twitter. Um, it's QNR is awesome. Um, you can probably Google my first name and a bunch of ridiculous things will come up because um, I'm like the only Teresa. Um, our, well, our website is um, nelsonagency.com and um, I'm also on Instagram. I'm not as good at Instagram as I am at Twitter, um, but you can find me posting a lot of the same pictures that I post on Twitter on Instagram. Yeah, I find that a lot with some writers too especially me like I'm better I think I'm better at Twitter than Instagram too <laughs> yes I don't know what it is I think words more than pictures maybe or sharing pictures but yeah yeah so thank you so much for being on like this was awesome um you're great <laughs> oh thank you you too thanks um and then once again I'm Victoria L. Johnson um you can find me at Miss Old School it's Old School with a K and that's both on Twitter and Instagram and you can find the podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And thank you again for listening. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you.